But we hit our series, and I'm really excited about the series that we're doing. Uh, the series that we started, it's just, we call it Experiencing Easter. And the context that kind of has led me up into this point was just the thought that we often teach on Easter, and sometimes we hear it so many times we become conditioned to the story. And we can all tell the story as well as Pastor can. And so just trying to take some looks at different moments. This year we're going specifically for the experiences of Jesus and see if they can help us to maybe look at things just a little bit fresher or a little bit different. Uh, we talked about this moment that Jesus had where uh, he was anointed, whether it was from his head to his toes, with, with spike or his perfume, and how Jesus had to submit to the preparation that was coming. And how sometimes for us, we're all about what God wants us to do, but the problem is submitting to the process to get where God wants us to go. And how Jesus probably didn't, in his flesh, enjoy the moment that he was experiencing. And he probably smelled really bad for several days. I bought some spike guard that we're going to use on Easter Sunday. And I was going to tell you, that stuff stinks. It doesn't smell like perfume at all. It is not good for car to water or whatever cologne you wear right now. I mean, it stinks. Some people say they like it, but I didn't think. It smells like weeds. Not weed, but weeds. I had to clarify that with my wife. When I said that. And then the next week we looked at Jesus and, and the burdens that he was carrying in his prayers as he was coming to the cross. We looked at the Garden of Gethsemane, but we also looked at John 17. And we were able to see what and who Jesus was praying about in this season from the Lord's Supper to his arrest. We looked at the reality that you and I truly encompassed John 17. I think it's like 26 verses. And 21 of them are focused on believers or those who will believe. And I ended last Sunday by saying, I believe that as Jesus is approaching Gethsemane, as he's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, part of that burden that he was carrying was us. It was me and you knowing him and living in the purposes and plans that God created us for. And I, I said that statement that we are truly the burden of the cross. This week as I was preparing, I had another story chronologically that came up, but I wanted to get to this point today because of what I preached last week. I want to I look at a story that, that occurs after the trials and after the arrest of Jesus Christ. And it's one that I know we've heard. It's one that we've talked, we've talked about several times. But it occurs in, in three of the Gospels. So I'm just going to read this occurrence. I mean, it's one verse in each Gospel pretty much. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. And they forced him to carry the cross. In Mark it says, A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, who was the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. In Luke chapter 23, verse 26, says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him, and made him carry it, as the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrus, who was on his way into the country, and they put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. These three accounts are pretty much what we know about this guy named Simon. But this story is very compelling to me in the context of the Easter experience. I want to pray. God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for this word. 
We thank you for your words, which are living and active. And I pray for us, Lord, as we look at your word, you speak to our hearts today. That as we talk about Jesus' experience when it comes to Easter, Lord, that you would help us to see things in a fresh light or in a new way. God, I yield myself to you. I pray that in this room, our hearts and minds, our thoughts and ideas, they would be yielded to you so that your spirit can speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what's happened to cause us more? What do we know from these verses right up there? Well, what's the first thing that stands out? Simon from where? So where is Simon? Does anyone know where Simon is? So it's probably, likely, in, in northern Africa is where Siren is. And probably in the area of Libya. And so Simon, who is, who is chosen, we see that he is chosen, he, he was a foreigner who was coming into town. Why was he coming to town, likely? For the Passover celebration. So he's traveling. And what I read was it was like seven or eight hundred miles that the guy has traveled. And he couldn't jump on an Amtrak or fly in a plane. And so probably about 30 days of hoping it for him to get to, um, to, the, to Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover. Now that's a piece of the perspective that I think is important for us because what these verses show us is that he was coming into town. Can you imagine my kids... When we travel, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I mean, they can't handle the expectation of getting where we're going. Can you imagine when you're traveling for 30 days on foot and you see the, 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 the neon lights of Jerusalem up ahead? How wonderful that sight is. There weren't neon lights in Jerusalem, just in case anyone wants to correct me on that. That's Steve's passion version or a chosen version of this moment. Um, anyway... And so he's coming to the town, and he's seeing the buildings, he's hearing the people, he's seeing the crowd. Can you imagine? I mean, he finally made it. Like, dude just wants to sit somewhere, have a nice, uh, a Big Mac, and, and, and take a nap. I mean, that's all he wants to do right now. He's coming into town, and they're taking Jesus where? Out of town. Simon was likely a Jew, because he was coming... For the Passover. Uh, in, in this region of Libya or Cyrene, there was a, a group of Jews that were exiled during the tribulation that happens after the temple was destroyed. Uh, that's the Maccabees and stuff that the other Bible read. But in that time frame, there was a large portion of people that went to Libya that were Jewish people. So he's likely a Jew coming back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And probably traveling with his two sons because it talks about that money. Anyway, that's not really that important. So what's the next thing that we know from these verses? They met a man and they forced him to carry the cross. So apparently there was a need for someone to carry the cross of Jesus Christ, right? Is that a fair assumption from what we just read? Now there's different theories. The stuff that I skipped that we haven't talked about, the trials, the arrests, the beating, the humiliation that Jesus endured when they flogged him, and then they put a crown of thorns upon him, and then they whipped him with, with the lashes uh, 39 times plus whatever. You know, when they did all that tough stuff with, with Jesus, we missed all that part of the journey. But what we know is that there was absolutely a need for someone to carry the cross. Now, my Catholic tradition, this is where this started for me, was the Stations of the Cross. So how many times does Scripture tell us that Jesus fell? 
So my kids are tradition, I'm coaching three. And even before I started studying, I would coach one. But Scripture never explicitly states that Jesus fell. But that implication is that he was physically exhausted in this moment, and they needed someone to carry his cross. I looked, read one commentary that, that was talking about the position of the Roman soldiers. And they said, potentially, Jesus was asked to carry the cross because the Roman soldier was afraid of getting in trouble because if Jesus died on the way to the cross, that he was going to be in trouble. Another one said that potentially they had other things to do and this process was just going way too slow. And so they wanted to hurry this thing up. Because they had a soccer game or something later. So let's just get in there. Let's get this up. But another one said that potentially the soldier was moved by compassion to pull Simon out of the crowd and carry across. I don't know the why, but I know the what. I know that there was absolutely a need for the cross to be carried. It's compelling to me. And I know from Scripture that Simon was, it says, forced. I think some translations say compelled. In Luke it says he was seized. I don't think this was Simon's plan. He wasn't the one who volunteered for this moment. He wasn't the one who, who stood up and said, let me do this. But he was seized by the soldiers, he was compelled by the soldiers to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. And I love what Luke says. So we have this guy, this foreigner, who was traveling and on his way into town. We know that there's a need to carry the cross. You're telling me, Pastor, this should be in case church. We all get this stuff. Just let me get there. Just stick with me for a little bit. I'm pointing out the obvious right now. There was a need to carry the cross. Simon was forced to carry the cross. This is the soldiers of Luke 23 led him away. They seized Simon from Siren, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Now, I want you to picture that moment. Simon, who's tired, who's been traveling all this way, doesn't necessarily want to be in this moment. He's forced to, to participate in this parade, this spectacle, by carrying the cross behind Jesus. Last week, I was talking about the burden of the cross. Last week, I was talking about Jesus and, and His burden not necessarily being the physical weight of the cross, but the salvation of man. Now, um, this is for Angie right now. I'm bringing this clarity because I was talking to the ladies about this in prayer, and Angie got a little upset with me for a second. Not in a bad way, in an Angie way. See how that goes. She said, Pastor, the burden of the cross was the forgiveness of sin. That is absolutely what is accomplished through the cross. There was no one that could carry that cross but Jesus Christ. He was the perfect Passover lamb, the perfect sacrifice that carried that burden of sin to be forgiven. But I believe and I suppose that the burden of the cross that Jesus illustrated last week, that Jesus brought forth in his prayers to the Father as he's approaching the cross, is the reality that you and I, that our neighbors, that our friends, that our family, would know Jesus Christ. That we would not just know him. What I talked about last week, we, we, we prayed that we would know him, that we would be protected by him. 
that, that we would have the full measure of His joy, which was made complete in Jesus Christ. We talked about the reality that Jesus prayed that we would be one in purpose and unity, that we would be wholly set apart for the purpose that God has for us. We sermon in two minutes. We prayed that as we were one in unity, that we would be effective witnesses of the gospel, finishing our jobs, and then abiding in love. Like that's what God, that's what Jesus wanted. That was the perfection of God's plan for our lives. And the reality was, I read this story. When I read about something, I'm like, why? That Jesus is, yeah, he's fully man, but he's fully God. So why was this point necessary in the story? Did you ever ask those questions? Like, was this just a coincidence? Like, Jesus was so tired, the Roman soldier had some major plans, he had a hot date that night, that he just wanted to speed things up, and that's why this dude got called in the story? Or was God maybe doing something for you and I in this moment? Was God maybe showing us something in this moment that the burden of the cross required partnership with you and I? The burden of the cross truly required partnership with Simon for it to be accomplished. For the plans and purposes of God to be fulfilled. Simon had a place to play in that story. What about you and I? Because when I look at Simon, what resonates with me is that I am still a part of the burden of the cross. And what if I said, and you know, you're a young man, they're going to tell me I'm wrong. What if I said that the burden of the cross couldn't fully be fulfilled without me and you? Now, the fullness of forgiveness has come, but I want to read some verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, Christ's love compels us. Because we're, we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Verse 16. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we, we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself, through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus' burden was that we would be reconciled, that we made one, right? When we have a fight with someone, we need someone to reconcile us, and we get together, we come together. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has done what? He's committed to who? We're committed. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though we were making his, or though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is the, the burden that Jesus fulfilled. He, he made him who had no sin for us. That was what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. But we're required to be what? His ambassador. What's an ambassador do? They represent the king in a foreign country. 
They speak His will in the midst of those who aren't in His kingdom. God needs you and I to be His ambassadors. He's committed to us. He's trusted you with the ministry or the message of reconciliation. The burden of the cross that they would know that who's they? Why not his will is that none would perish but that all would have everlasting life. So they are the people that are in your life. They are the people who you don't like. They are the people who need to understand the love of God, who aren't living in the fullness of God's promise. He's committed to you. He's given you. He's trusted you with the message of reconciliation. He's asked you to be a part of His plan. You see, God needs us for the fulfillment of the burden of the cross in this world. You don't believe me? Sorry, that should say NLT, not NIV in the corner there. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone... Huh? He doesn't say unless the Spirit of God reveals Himself to them. Well, let's get spiritual for a second. Sometimes we just pray for God to just show Himself, and God does those things. I'm not questioning that. But you and I are what He needs. We pray for the revelation of God's love, and guess where that love comes through? We pray for a demonstration of God's grace. Guess what He wants to use to reveal that? It's you and I. We carry the burden of the cross. Our words, our actions, our hearts, our intercessions. Jesus cried out to the Father. He's currently crying out to the Father for you and I. We pray for Greg as a body this morning. Why? Because we want to stand with him and see God's fullness in his life. What was your burden? Are you really praying for those who are around you? How can they know? Unless someone tells them. How will anyone go and tell them about being sent? That's what the scriptures say. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We're called to be partners with Christ. See, the body of Christ is this compelling thing that God has designed. That each one of us plays an integral role in. That, that each one of us is a part of. Instead, we will speak the truth of love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the body fit together how? Perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I think God uses the analogy of the body because sometimes we don't feel like we're vital, or sometimes we don't feel like we're important. This morning at our table, and I'm not lying, we had a conversation about postal thumbs. And we were challenging the kids to pick up cops without their thumbs. It wasn't a spiritual thing, it was just a dumb thing. And when one part's not doing its work, guess what happens? The burden is more challenging. It's more, it's more difficult to accomplish. And God has designed it. This is the, the sovereignty. This is the coolest 
that all would know. God has a burden that none would perish. God has a burden that everyone would recognize what Jesus Christ did and accept that sacrifice. God has a desire that we would know His love and live in the full measure of the joy of Jesus Christ. But Simon was necessary for the cross to be fulfilled. Simon had to carry. He had to partner with Jesus. He didn't know. He didn't know who this dude was. I believe he came to know because Mark mentions his son. And I'm thinking because Mark's mentioned his son, they became an effective family. Probably because Simon's name is Jesus. People in the early church knew who Simon was. And this is how Simon got to where he's going. He walked where? Behind Jesus on the road to Nohanda. And he recognized the Passover land that he was coming to experience through the Jewish tradition. He was necessary for the fulfillment of the burden of the cross. Jesus, God, needs you. Huh? God needs me. God needs us in order that they could know. You'll be in due with power so you can be my you're my witnesses. Those are the ones who bear witness to who I am. He said to them, go and make disciples of all nations. You've got to go. You've got to do it. We're the, we're the experience of God. Most people, they, they don't have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. How many of us can remember that person or those people who helped us recognize God's love? Huh? Most of us, we have God moments in that story, but there's someone or someone, there's a grandma who prayed, there's an uncle or there's a friend who invited that we recognize they were in us experiencing the love of God. Mark chapter 8, this is where I'm going to finish. You guys can come forward. He called the crowd to him along with his disciples. This is not in the same story. This is before, this is happening. And he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Isn't that what Simon did? And he had plans. Take up, it says their cross, I'm just going to say the cross. And he was positioned to follow Jesus. To take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. As we look at Simon this year, as you read these verses, as you think about the story, my heart is that you would recognize that there's a burden for you to pick up. That there's a peace in this story that God doesn't just want, but absolutely needs you to be a part of. That there's a peace in this equation that is incomplete until you respond and maybe you have to be forced. Don't make me get my spear out and call you out by name in front of everyone and say, you go do this, right? Isn't that how science got involved? I'm going to take that as a liberty path against use a spear and intimidate people now. Do you think they do what God's called them to do? No, I'm not.
came through with donuts. Pray. Recognize that we're necessary. 
burden of the cross. That you're looking at us and, and calling us out to carry that burden for someone, for someone to know. For someone to experience the fullness of God's plans for their life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show us where Jesus is going. But as we pick up that cross and we follow Him, it may not be the way we intended to go, but it's the way we need us to go. As we follow Him, God, we recognize where we're carrying that burden, who we're carrying that burden to. Thank you.